This podcast is brain powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlling transmission. Dr. Carl and Adam Spencer. Hello, lovely potty people wherever you are in the world. Over there is the young and incredibly handsome Adam. Hello, Carl. I'm not that handsome over here, not that young, but still, I like to delude myself. And in my hand, I'm holding this big book of numbers. You've got a remarkably smooth fuzz all over your face and skull. <laughs> is it, so, is it like this? And it says here, if you find this big book boring, you should be in a clinic, says John Cleese. Yes, I, I, I self-published. I've self-published a book on the numbers 1 to 100. Carl, as you know, mathematics has always been my passion and was my mm. passion in particular before I got into radio. So I've written a book which is a salute to the first 100 counting numbers. When you look at numbers, do you see uh, this sort of landscape marching off into infinity in all directions in three dimensions? Yes, I, I, I do, and I see numbers everywhere. The phrase I like to use is, to me, numbers are the numerical notes, sorry, the musical notes with which the symphony of the universe is written. Numbers are just ah. everywhere as far as I'm concerned, as are mathematical processes. If Mel and I are shopping and uh, we're getting towards the end of a big grocery shop and I've got the trolley mm-hmm. and I, I'll say, look, you've only got a couple of items to go, don't you? And she'll say, yeah, I've probably got about three things. I say, well, I'll go, I'll go and stand in the line and by the time you get those three things and get over there to me, I'll have moved further up in the line, therefore saving us a little bit of time. Ah. That's, that's just a basic process ordering queuing theory problem as far ah, as I'm but concerned. But which line do you go into? I've read your book. Yeah. You go to the ones on the, on the end, yeah. not the middle, and you don't get frustrated when it seems that other cues are going faster than you because you'll notice that more than you will notice when you're going faster than other cues. Yeah, it's amazing how people are irrational about numbers, but which is your favourite number? Where would you like to start with your number one number? I, I, I mentioned in the book, I've got a few different favourite mm-hmm. numbers. Uh, I mentioned in the book the first number I ever fell in love with was the number four. Oh, you have to. I mean, it's two by two and it's two plus two. Go figure. And four. Four was the first number I can remember as a youngster thinking, well, yeah, you can you can break it apart into two and two and put it back to, together again. You can't, you can't do that with three. You can't do that with five. So what I was actually realising was four is not a prime number. And I can remember thinking one doubles to two, doubles to four, eight, 16. Wow, that'd just keep going forever, wouldn't it? I don't know what the names of some of those really big numbers would be, but yeah. So I worked out that numbers must be infinite through thinking about the number four, and it carries on today. It's so deeply embedded really? in my DNA. If we, were, if we were going for a drive together and you set the volume on the car stereo at, say, uh, uh, 27, mm-hmm. I'd have to turn it up to 28. Because pa- 28 is a multiple perfect- multiple, multiple four. Oh. If, you, if you're going to set the brightness or the colour contrast on the TV, don't set it on 53. When you've got 52 right next to you, that's a multiple of four. I love the number four. Right, but well, 52's got this weird thing where it's the number of weeks in a year mm. and you've got four packs of cards, but then uh, and you've got four seasons in the year, four packs of cards mm. or four suites. Is, is that a coincidence? The I, number of packs, number of cards in a pack and the number of weeks in a year? I've got absolutely no idea, Carl, and you will not find out reading about it in my big book of numbers. Ah. I didn't get to that one, but, but you see the thing. Uh, uh, so with the number four, right, so you take the number four, goes off infinite, beautiful, that sort of stuff. Four, F-O-U-R, yep. is the only word in the English language where the number of letters matches the number Itself. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Three has five letters, ten has three letters, four has four letters. The word 40, 
F-O-R-T-Y, mm-hmm. only word in the English alphabet that spells out alphabetically. F, then O, then R, then T, then Y, going forward. So we have every other number, every other number in the English alphabet spells jumping around in non-alphabetical order. Ah, now you've gone and checked this out, so if it came up as a trivial pursuit question, you'd know the answer automatically. The, the, the book, the, that's really what the book is. It's... it's it's all the numbers 1 to 100. I like to say it's two books in one because half of it is mathematics, and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. The other half is just numerical trivia. Well, well, yeah. I love the trivia where you can just dip in and you can find something in less time than it takes to have a bowel motion. You just look in there and you're reading for 20 seconds and think, wow, I never knew that. That's so the, the trivia thing sort of sucks you in like honey sucks in the bees. Well, the, the, you've used WD-40 before. Yep. WD stands for water, water displacement, displacement. Yep. and they tried a formula, WD-1, didn't work. They tried WD2, didn't work. WD3, didn't work, kept plucking away. WD40, they got something that worked. They said, what are we going to call it? They said, bugger it, let's call it WD40. That's where the 40 comes from in WD40. Wow. So you, this is two books in one. So you've got the trivia side, mm-hmm. which, but, but your book is deeper than just little factoids, isn't it? Yeah, half of it is trivia. Half of it is just fun, silly sort of, if you like the TV show QI with Stephen Fry and you like just walking away with something in your head, half of it is that. Yep. The other half is mathematics, but it's not just here, here's fourth grade mathematics and then do this in fifth grade. It's beautiful bits of mathematics from all over the place. Some of it's stuff you would not normally encounter until maybe you got to university level of mathematics, but I walk people through it, I think, and I'm getting feedback in a, in a really simple, accessible way. And it was inspired by this year I've been at my daughter's school one hour a week mm-hmm. taking a maths extension group for fourth, fifth and sixth grade kids. Ah, yes. And we've been doing just all sorts of wonderful stuff. The other day we took got all those funny shaped dice that you use to play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, those four-sided mm-hmm. dice and 20-sided dice and all that. Got them to count up the sides and the edges and the faces of all the dice and we derived Euler's famous formula that in any regular solder like that, the number of corners plus faces minus the number of edges always comes out as the number two. So wow. if on a cube, for example, you've got eight corners on a cube, four on the top and four on the bottom. You've got six faces and you've got 12 Sides. Eight plus six is 14, minus 12 is two. I got a group of 10 year old kids to understand Euler's polyhedra formula because I genuinely believe if kids are interested in mathematics, if they see a beauty in mathematics, they can understand things that really will surprise us in how hard they are. Well, now, Euler was this amazing 17th century blind. Blind mathematician in the later part of his life? Yeah, Euler was Swiss. He lived in the 1700s, so the 18th century, and is agreed by most people to probably be the greatest mathematician of all time. The incredible thing about Euler wasn't just the individual things that he discovered, but the breadth of his mathematical knowledge. Most people look at maths as a single, narrow subject. Like, Mm -hmm. you've got maths, and you've got geography, and you've got English, and you've got computer studies, but mathematics itself at the higher level exists in all these different branches and fields. And when you get to the real cutting edge of knowledge, some people, some mathematicians are brilliant in one field, but have absolutely no qualifications at all in another. And and, and getting someone to be good at the two different fields is actually as unlikely as them being world-class in geography and also in sedimentary rock sciences. Mm-hmm. But Euler had an incredible ability to produce mathematics across the full range 
of mathematical fields. His ability to see problems from different areas and bring them together was was probably unparalleled throughout history. Well, I, I still remember that wonderful time we had in the Albany High School men's gymnasium. Yes. Where we had a 15-minute break before the audience had filed into the hall. And there... You started off with the sine squared plus cos squared equals one, went into the imaginary, imaginary domain, and after 15 minutes, you proved to me that e to the i pi plus one equals zero, which for me is the most beautiful equation in the world. I, Can uh, you share the beauty of it with the audience? I actually I actually include that in the big book of numbers. Oh, thank God. Because we talk about De Moiva, the guy who came up with it, in a different um, um, uh, context, because e to the i pi plus one equals zero is a beautiful formula because e is the basis of logarithms and therefore calculus. That's the exponential e, which is roughly 2.71828, yep. yep. I is the square root of minus one, w- complex numbers. Which you think is impossible, but an electrical engineer cannot supply 240 volt to your house when designing the grid with you know, half a dozen streets mm. unless they use minus one. So, the, Sorry, the square root of minus one. So if you do not use the square root of minus one, you cannot have electricity. Exactly. Pi is the circle, the basis of all geometry, plus is addition. One is the unit, the basis of all mathematics equals zero. So it's this gorgeous little statement that just contains all those different fields of mathematics in a in a single uniting sentence. So it's got five things in it. E, I, pi. One plus one what? equals zero. Seven, seven things. things. Seven things. And it is just so encompassing. I could almost weep I, every I, time I see that equation. I, I do mention it in the book, even though just completely out of context, say, hey, kids, this formula is pretty awesome. I just wanted to tell you what it is. It's but, more than pretty awesome. But the thrust, the thrust of the book there is to, in that, that part of it, is to inspire curious high school and very late primary school kids to just really, as I did around that age, fall in love. Oh, so that's the aim of the math. So the trivia is on one level. Yeah. So this has got several levels. It's two books in one, Carl, is the phrase I like to use. Just the other day, one of my daughter's friends, I gave her dad a copy of the book, and she was reading, and she's a nine-year-old girl who's not in the maths extension group, and you know, I don't, don't see her as having any great passion or love for maths. She was reading a story near the end of the book, and she, she started telling me about the number Google. Oh, Google, one, <sighs> one with a hundred noughts after it. And guess what, Adam? The kid who came up with the name for the word Google was a nine-year-old because her uncle asked her, and it's, <laughs> just just fell in love with this story out of the book. So that's the, they're, they're the two sort of streams I wanted to sort of, you know, navigate. Now, do you think that mathematics exists of itself in the universe or do you think it's just something that you mathematicians made up like Euler and Carl? It's a, it's a really deep and difficult question, that. I mean, in some ways, you, you I like to think before... Before Da Vinci had painted the Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa wasn't out there waiting to be painted. If he hadn't done it, it never would have happened. If Beethoven hadn't written his third symphony, it wasn't waiting. Beethoven's symphony wasn't floating out there waiting for someone to inevitably write it. Right. But E equals MC squared and did a long time before Einstein ever said it did. And even if he had never said it did, it still would and it always It would have held. Will. That, so, that, that tells us how much energy stars generate when they burn hydrogen. So that mathematics, that mathematics exists independent of it being discovered. But it's another question altogether, is it only the, the constructs around mathematics that we create that gives rise to the mathematics we have or are there some things that are just objectively canonically true regardless of how we create our thought structures and thought systems around them? Very deep question. So if we ever run into another intelligent organism in the universe, 
would they have similar mathematics to us? They, they still have pi, you know, the circle, diameter, radius, circumferency thingy. That actually, that actually underpins the way that we try and communicate with extraterrestrial intelligence. The messages that we send out and the way we scan the sky, for example, um, you know, Brian Cox spoke about this recently, we can assume that hydrogen will be abundant even in their part of the universe. And there's the hydrogen line. It's the wavelength of hi- that, uh, hydrogen. 21-centimetre line. The 21-centimetre line. So we scan for communication along that 21-centimetre line because an advanced civilization anywhere in the universe would probably think of hydrogen as a constant and therefore something as innate as the 21-centimetre line would be the logical place for them to send out a message because it's the logical place that other people ah. might scan for that message. But whether, if we encountered another civilization, well, there's no guarantee they'd count in base 10, for example, but that's quite a trivial difference between base 10 and base 8 and base 16 and things like that. But whether their mathematics would be fundamentally different, I don't know. It's an interesting ah. question. Again, another thing that I don't cover in my big book of numbers, which is available through my website, carladamspencer.com.au, Adam Spencer. AdamSpencer.com.au Because but, I've self-published. But hang on, but if you've self-published, does that mean people have to turn up at your house and throw rocks at the windows <laughs> to get the book? It, it is available in stores, but if people order it through the website, they get an autographed, personalised copy up until about the middle of December when it all gets a little bit too much for me. But, so, yeah, so people have been ordering through the website. Our house is currently just this great wall of China of boxes of books, and my wife and I have finally worked out a system where I come home each day, print off all the new orders that have come through during the day, and then she just has them all lined up for me on the table, and I just sit and sign and sign. I, I feel like I'm Roger Federer or something. He's, wow. a, he's a tennis player. Huh? I feel like I'm, you know, some super sports star or I'm in the Rolling Stones or something, just signing merch, and then we take it down to the post office at the local shopping centre and go to the go to, go to the guy at the post office who goes, oh, God, not these guys what, again. You with an umbrella, uh, a, a wheelbarrow full of books. Dump about 150 on him and clear out. Wow. So why do you go through self-publishing? Do you think it's a more personal way of dealing with the public? I I wanted, this book's a bit of an interesting and it's a bit different and it's possibly a bit of a hard sell to a publisher and I just wanted what I wanted to go in the book. And I didn't want to have any issues with people saying, oh, that's a little bit mad. Oh, I, don't think, I don't think you're going to be able to sell a book with Catalan numbers in there. And, you know, could we have a little bit more of this and a little bit Catalan less? Catalan numbers? They're not related to Spain or Spanish? Uh, no, there was a mathematician oh. called Catalan who discovered the Catalan numbers, a beautiful series of numbers. What are, what's good about Catalan numbers? Uh, I'm, yeah, you'd be better, you'd be better, to, have a look, better to have a look in the book. Well, you mentioned Roger Federer. Yes. I ran into him at the Hyatt Hotel in Melbourne. Really? Yeah, and because we'd accidentally booked at the same time. Sure. And he went to a trouble of losing weight specifically because he does so much running across the court that if he could lose 100 grams, 200 grams, that would mean that by the end of the match, Mm. there would be several tons less of Roger Federer that would have had to have been shifted around the court and he gave me the number, which Mm. I've forgotten. Really? So he goes through rigid weight loss just before he plays, but still keeping his muscle mass up. So he's just got that little bit of extra Mm. endurance to get him through. Another interesting use of numbers. He's also very easy on the eye. Very dishy, Roger Federer. Ah, so where can people get this book, you think, Dr Adam? I've got a website, Carl, adamspencer.com.au. That's adamspencer.com.au. And the other thing I'm, I'm doing with the book, teachers or parents who want to help their kids with it, I've released a set of teacher's notes. Ah. And so it, it sort of takes the book and gives you 40 
one-hour lessons that you could construct, the sort of stuff that I do with my daughters in Richmond Group. Yeah, 40 sort of one-hour lessons across the... By the way, with 40, that was a wonderful number because in the days when people were not so numerate as we are today in Mm. biblical times, 40 was thought to be an impossibly large number. Mm. So there were Jesus Christ going into the desert for 40 days to fast Mm. and Noah on his ark for 40 days. Mm. And so when a ship loaded with disease would come into medieval Italy, they'd keep them there for 40 days, hence the quarantine. Exactly. Qua being four, as in quarter, oh. quadrillion, ten, ten. Now, is know. that number in your book under those? That fact is in my Adam your Spencer's ca- big book of numbers under Damn, the number 40, Carl. Wow. Not, not a bad book at all. i got millions of them. I'm sure it's got very high moral values, in Send fact. me an email, adamspencer.com.au. Now, how shall I finish off here, Dr. Adam? What's the right way to say goodbye and buy this book all in one? Probably just let me mention my website, adamspencer.com.au. One more time, Carl. adamspencer.com.au. You know you want to go there. <laughs> Cakes.